try not to take too much time tonight. I know we've got some festivities. But pretty much everybody likes cold pizza, so we'll be okay. All right. We'll be all right. I do want to say, Sister Marie, it's good to have you back. So glad you've been here. So glad of what God's done. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just trust the Lord. Amen. And that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. Kind of a sermon that goes along with the graduation theme. And uh, just a charge, really, not just to the, the graduates, um, but every one of us. Uh, that God does guide us and have a plan for us. So Psalm chapter 37, uh, verse number 23. Please stand for the reading of the word. We're just going to read one verse. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Amen. Will you pray with me tonight? Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the principles of your word. I thank you for the truths of your word. I pray you would speak those to us tonight. Every one of us needs to hear from you. I pray you'll guide our hearts in this service, the remainder of the service, and the time in the altar. Speak to each one. Love you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated tonight. So we spend our time celebrating tonight a feat that so many uh, of you have experienced in your life, and we've memorialized this milestone in the life of, of Michaela of, graduate, of graduating high school. I'm not sure if every one of you can remember being a teenager and going through high school, uh, but I imagine that many of you can. How many of you remember the high school days? Yeah. If you were like me, there were many times you questioned why you had to endure some of the classes. You know what I'm saying? Right now, uh, at my home, we're in the season of homeschooling our kids. And sometimes, even now, I look at their curriculum and I say, why is this even here? Like, I'm 35. I've never used that math in my life. Why am I trying to teach it to you? Somebody said amen. A big amen. But it's a process. All right? It's a process. Now, if you look at the etymology of the word graduation, it leads us back to a Latin word that means to take, to take a degree, which leads to another Latin word, and I'm not going to pronounce Latin words because I don't know Latin, but it means to take a step, right? That's what graduation is. It's another step. Sometimes we get tired of taking steps. Sometimes we wish graduation was the last step. But there are many more steps after that, and, and many of you can say, man, you know that. So many people celebrate all kinds of graduations now. We have kindergarten graduations, eighth grade graduations, high school graduations, college graduations, graduate school graduations, and even then, beyond that, there's more graduations. But all of them are necessary, necessary steps, get that word, steps, in the process of becoming whatever it is vocationally that a person, a student, desires to be. And they are steps that get us to the place that we want to get to in life. 
In so many days, though, there, there are questions, there are discouragements, there are overwhelmers, and there are struggles in the process. But because the, the end goal is in view, graduation day, you know, you endure to the end and you decide to trust the process. Step by step, trust the process. Years ago, there was a professional basketball team, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. They, they really used that phrase, trust the process, as their motto. Now, their, their fans, their fan base was very discouraged with the team. Their investors were waiting for a winning franchise, their coat of those, to trust the process. What was the process? Well, that team was actually tanking, losing games on purpose. So they could get the top draft pick in the next draft, trying to build a winner. And so they would say, we're taking steps. We're going down so we can go up. You know what I'm saying? Trust the process. And finally, now the Philadelphia 76ers, if you're an NBA or basketball fan or, or professional sports fan, you'll know that they have become a championship contender. Even though they fired that GM and that coach, somehow the process has worked. And they've become a championship contender because they endured a process. They took it step by step. Now, I'm not convinced, I want you to listen to me, I'm not convinced that the current state of the education system in America will stand the test of time. I'm not sure that it will. I don't know what the future holds for America. And that process could quickly become unnecessary, you know, in, in cultures all around the world, schooling has, uh, has not been what it, what it once was. I'm not certain that losing games for the purpose of trying to be competitive down the road is a good process. As a fan of sports, I hate it when my team loses. So I don't want them to tank so they can get better next year. But I am convinced that God has a process. God has a plan. There's a road that He desires us to follow. Can I hear an amen? And that road has been tried and it's been found to be true. Praise the Lord. And just as in our education system, we graduate from one grade to another as ordered by the system, God has designed steps of victory in our lives in conquering and inhabiting the best that He has for us. You know, in, in the book of Exodus, and I've been reading in the Old Testament, you find that, that the Israelites, they were wandering through the wilderness, and God said, you will inherit the promised land. You will drive out the enemy, the Hittites, and the, the Amorites, the Hivites, and all of those things. And, but he said this, he said, it'll happen little by little. He said, there's going to be some steps to get you to where I've got a plan for you to get to. It's a process. I like the proclamation that David made in the text. He, he, he said this concerning God and His people. He said their steps are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. They, they always say, you know, and it's been, it's been proven to be true theoretically, but the shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. That makes perfectly good sense. And I don't know about you, but I love to find the fastest route to any of my destinations. 
As soon as I put an address in the GPS and it gives me three options, I check and see which one is the fastest. So if there's one that's 23 minutes, 24 minutes, 26 minutes, I pick 23 minutes every time. Unless in experience I know, well, there's a red light that always holds at that corner, so I'll take the, the next one down. You know what I'm saying? But I always try to find the fastest route available. I've even, I've even paid several dollars in tolls just to save me some time on a trip. Anybody ever been there? I tell you, if you go down to Texas, there's a toll road you can drive 85 miles an hour on. That's the speed limit, so you can really drive 90. Woo, hallelujah. And it saves about an hour on your trip. It's about 10 to $15 <laughs> to do that. But to me, I'm like, hey, if it shaves off an hour out of 27 hours, I'm going to take that every time. But often in life, we want God to give us the perfect victory. Maybe it's in our personal lives, in our homes, in our families, in our jobs. We want it to happen like that, right? But sometimes that's not the way that God orders our steps. He doesn't usually, Stephen, give us a straight line. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know his way is narrow. I know his way is straight. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there, there are often detours, Sometimes there's a step that goes this way, then this way, then this way, then this way. You know what I'm saying? But if we trust the Lord, we're going to find that our steps are ordered by Him. Praise the Lord. They're ordered by Him. So I want to just give you a few, a few truths about God ordering our steps, if I may, and then we're going to pray and go eat some cake. Praise the Lord. That's always good when you can go to church, pray, and eat cake. That's just... That's just great. I get all the fun services, Brother Jones, really. Number one, God's order eliminates chaos. Right? Now, I know we live in a chaotic world. Don't get me wrong. I know there are times when, when there will be chaos around us. But, but if we are following God's step, if we're following His plan, if we're following His way, He eliminates the mess that we could get ourselves into otherwise. Praise the Lord. It's a statement here I, need, I feel like I need to explain because there are times when it seems to us like God's order is chaotic or His steps are out of time and out of order. But listen, I, I don't know if you've recognized this, but we are limited as humans. We are incapable of viewing things from God's point of view at all times. We tend to only see what is right in front of us. I remember a lady that went to the church that my dad pastored as I was growing up. Her name was Marie Campbell, and, and, and she came to that church, but her husband, he went to another church. I think he was Baptist or, or uh, Oneness or Apostolic or something. So he didn't, her, she and him didn't see eye to eye doctrinally, but somehow they made it work maritally. I don't know how that works. But he had, her husband had some type of situation when he was younger that required the amputation of both of his legs. And so he was bound to a wheelchair. He still drove and he still hunted. So he wasn't, he, he wasn't as limited as some might think. So he still was able to do many things and was very independent. But one day, Sister Marie Campbell, she fell down and she broke her leg. When she understood and realized the extent and severity of her injury, all she could think of was how hard it was going to be now that both of them would be confined for a time to wheelchairs. And this is what she said. She said this, we're dead. 
We're dead. That was all she could exclaim. We're dead. There's no hope for us now. All she could see was the problem right in front of her. Often we look at the situation we're in and we are incapable of seeing just how God will turn it around for our, for our good and for His glory. Come on now. But we are capable, listen, we might not be capable of seeing His plan far in advance, but we are capable of having faith in the one who's been eliminating chaos since day one. He's been turning chaos into order. So we're capable of having faith. Mark Batterson said that faith is taking the first step when you can't see the second step. That's real faith, y'all. And that's hard to do sometimes. But just like, you know, when you're in eighth grade and you don't really see the point of pre-algebra. But you find out in ninth grade when you do algebra that there was a reason to have pre-algebra. You'll be so glad one day that God ordered your steps the way that he did. You'll look back, and we're going to hit on this in just a second, but you'll look back and say, that makes sense. That makes sense. So God's order eliminates chaos. The second thing tonight is God's order enhances our probability for success. God told Joshua in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse number 8, verse number 9, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What did he say? You're going to observe and do what I've told you to do, and you will prosper and find true success. Praise the Lord. Do you know that in the book of Exodus, and I already mentioned this, but God said you'll have victory step by step, little by little, and you're going to make it if you follow me. But here's the problem. We want the whole enchilada right now. We want everything. God, give us the promised land when we want the promised land. Give us the healing when we want the healing. Give us the family when we want the family. Give me the good job when I want the good job. Give me the blessing when I want the blessing. Come on. But, but here's what happened. When Israel tried to do things their own way, they met with defeat. You remember, they sent spies into the land. God was getting ready to bring them into the promised land. They said, no, we can't go in there. It's too big. It's, they're too bad. And, and we're just going to die. Let's, just, let's just, just wait a little while. And God said, no, go up and fight. And they said, no. Then God gave judgment out to them. So then they said, well, let's go and fight. And God said, no, not now you can't go and fight. I'm not going to bless your efforts. So what did they do? They tried to go in and take the land, and they met with defeat again. Why? Because they got out of step with God. But when they finally submitted to God's plan, to his detours, to his directions, they found victory. They found success. They found prosperity. Listen, God is sovereign. Can I hear an amen? amen? So His Word is established and it's settled. He, he has given us a free will. So, so we really, honestly, we can get out of step with Him if we desire to. So God, God has this order for me to follow, but I can say, you know what, God, I don't want to follow that order, and I can go over here and try to go this way. But God is so merciful 
that a lot of times he'll say, okay, I'll let you go your own way, but I'm going to pull you back in and give you another chance to go my way. I'm so thankful for the mercy of God. He allows us to get back in order with him. I, I like what Stephen Furtick said. He said a couple things about this pa- passage that are really they're relevant and they are true. He said this. He said, when we submit to God's way, this is still talking about success, when we submit to his order, we will experience God's will. Praise the Lord. And then he said, a lot of things in life get out of whack because we get out of order. Why? Because God's steps, he said they're ordered. That means they're directed and they're established. Directed. God sets our steps in proper sequence. He's put them in the way he desires them to be. He has purposes for them being in the order in which they are. You know, I've been, I've been putting some things together before. And I'll look at what the box says it's supposed to look, look like. And I'll get the instructions and I'll look at all the pieces they have and I'll lay them all out there. And I'll look at it and say, how does this go there? So then I'll, I'll look ahead a couple pages and say, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like at this point, so I need to go back. And, and there are times when, when, I, when I look at the steps and I think, that's unnecessary. And I, I decide not to do it that way. And then I have to go back and clean up my mess. You know what I'm saying? Now, but, but people have gone through testing these products They've experienced all the wrong ways, or they've tried to experience the wrong ways of putting it together. So they know when they say, don't tighten all the bolts right now, don't tighten all the bolts right now. Because you're going to have to have some give, you know what I'm saying? All the men will know what I'm talking about. But sometimes we don't like the order. Sometimes we want to we skip a couple steps. You know what I'm saying? Xavier, come here real fast. Sometimes we want to skip some steps, all right? And um, sometimes we want somebody else's steps. We want their order. Remember, remember when, uh, when John, uh, in the book of John, Jesus uh, is tell, telling Peter what he wants him to do. And then Peter says, well, what do you want this guy to do? And Jesus says, don't worry about him. I'm giving you your steps, Xavier, this is your step right now. This is, I'm going to require you to do this. I hope you can do this. I think you can because you're more athletic than I am. I want you to take one step to get from here all the way up to there. Can you do that? That's your, that's your order. You jump, run, whatever you got to do, but do it. Give Xavier a big hand. Good job. Thanks. You can be seated. Now, Ethan Cruz, come here. Ethan Cruz, you are probably more athletic than me, but you're not as big, are you? You're not as big as Xavier. But your steps are to go one, two, three, four. But Ethan's going to be like some of us sometimes. We see Xavier had the faster route, so we want to do that. So, Ethan, I want you to try to go from here to way up there in one step. Try again. You failed. You got to go back and start over. Try again. Oh, you failed again. Is your knee hurt? Oh, man, good, good. But now try it one, two, three, four. Was that easier? 
All right, good job. Give Ethan a hand. See, we try to be like Ethan sometimes. We say, God, listen, it was so much easier for that guy to get the Holy Ghost, for that guy to get his calling, for that guy to be blessed financially, so I'm going to follow that guy's steps. And God said, no, that's not the order. That's not the process to your victory in your life. I've already set in order the steps I want you to take. Does this make sense? So the steps of a righteous, listen, there are times we would go, we, we wish we didn't have to go through some of the steps like cancer and death and valleys and heartache, but those steps are sometimes necessary for what God wants to do in us and through us. Praise the Lord. His steps are directed. His steps are established. You know what that means? That means they are secure. Hallelujah. You know, you can, you can trust God. We say that verse so many times. It's kind of, uh, it pro- to you, it may be overused, but it's really a, a big truth that, that don't lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You know why it says that in Scripture? You know why the pastor and the preachers preach it to you over and over again? It's because it's the truth. That every time you step in line with God's steps, His steps don't move out of the way. You ever, you ever try to sit down? We know Sister Cooper's tried to sit down and not a chair been there. She's told us. We ever try to sit down and somebody move the seat out from under you? In high school, they probably did that to you. Or you did it to somebody else, you bunch of bullies. But God's not going to slip the step out from under you. His step, it's established. Praise the Lord. So even though, you know, I, it might be a little bit dark, it might be a little unknown to me, I feel his nudge to go ahead and take a step. So I do. And you know what I find? There's security there. There's safety there. There's actually a period of rest uh, right then and there. Sometimes God's established and ordered and directed steps. I, I'm going to kind of blend these points together here. They, they're a little, they move a little faster. You know, and sometimes it's a little bit slower. Man, God, last month, I was feeling revived. I was feeling good. The words of the, of the Bible were just jumping right out at me. And, and you were leading me and guiding me. Now I feel like you just want me to stay put. That's because he's, he's ordering your steps in his way. You know, not every time do you go to the airport and, and be able to find an airport with one of those runways that you just kind of walk and run on, and it just takes you. And you know what I'm talking about? Those, those moving runways there, walkways. Praise the Lord. Sometimes it's a slow move. Sometimes, sometimes even, God directs and establishes our steps in such a way that we go up and then we go down. You know what I'm saying? We don't like to walk down. or we, 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 A lot of times we preach that we got to get to the mountaintop, and we do. But there are a lot of things God teaches us down here. So we can learn when we get up there. Or that we need to learn before we get up there. He establishes every step. We've got to be willing to follow his step. His steps, his steps, they enhance, his order enhances the probability of our success because the steps are directed, set in order, they are established, they won't be moved. And his steps are prosperous. His steps are prosperous. Brother Cruz, that's prosperity. No, it's not. I'm not talking about earthly wealth. 
I'm talking about blessed. I'm talking about being blessed. You mean I can I can be blessed even in sickness? Yeah. You can. Talk to anybody who's come out of cancer holding on to the hand of God. They'll tell you that throughout their walk in that situation, God was there. And they experienced blessing in times of struggle. Ask, ask that, that wife or that husband who's endured marital strife. And they'll, they'll tell you that even though I didn't choose to go through this, God was faithful. And I trusted him. And he's been with me. And I found him as close a friend as I ever had or, or better than any friend I ever had. Because when I follow his steps, even, even in heartache, even in pain, he's guiding me and he's, he's, he's showing me the way I need to go. I need to hurry. I, I'm almost done. The final point tonight is this. God's order becomes our blessing. His order becomes our blessing. Now, there's, there's debate here on what the last phrase of this verse means, he delighteth in his way. All right, some, some say that means God delights in the righteous man, and some say the righteous man delights in God's way. And honestly, both are truths, right? And, and when you, I want, I want you to get this, especially you young people, because right now, a lot of you are at a crossroads in your life. When you begin to follow God's leading of your heart, you're going to discover, even, even at times when He requires much sacrifice, you delight in His way. How, how was the psalmist able to say all through Psalm 119, I know on Wednesday nights you guys are in Psalm 119 here in the sanctuary class, that, that I delight in your law, O Lord. I love your law. I love your statutes. They are my delight. All that stuff. Teach me your commands. I love those commands. I mean, these are paraphrases from me. How in the world is he able to say, this law is great. This law is good. I love your commandments. I love your structure. I love it all. Because he's understood and learned in his life. When he follows God's steps, there is so much prosperity and blessing. And I would assume that he may have experienced outside of the will of God. The detriment. Anybody experience the consequence of going outside of God's order? I know I have. But when I get back in, praise God. His mercy, His grace lets me experience that prosperity again. I've been on many trips in my life, and I, I cannot tell you the amount of miles I've driven. When, when family lives all the way down on the Gulf of Mexico, and we live all the way in Lake Erie, you gotta find. You're gonna find that you 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 put on some miles, and you try to find the quickest and the least expensive route as possible. Sometimes it's easier to drive with three kids than it is to fly with three kids. I'll tell you that. There have been many times, though, at the end of the journey, I, I've made this exclamation. You know, I'm glad we took that way. I'm glad we went that route. I sure am glad we had the GPS on when we hit that traffic. I look back and I, and I, I noticed that when I followed the right steps, I made it to the right destination. 
Now, at the end of a season of wandering in our lives, maybe at a a trial or a tribulation, even at the end of this life, if we follow the order steps that God has laid out for our lives, there's no doubt in my mind that we'll look back and say, I'm glad I took that way. Hallelujah. I'm glad I took that way. During the way, during the process, during the, during the trial, during the test, I, I may have said I would rather it be different. But now on the other side, looking at this from victory's perspective, I sure am glad that I went God's way. That I let him order my steps. You know, you think about, let me give you a few examples and we're going to come pray. But if you ask Joseph, Joseph, are you glad that God ordered your steps the way that he did? At the end of his life, you know, Joseph was living in a palace. He was surrounded by his loved ones. He was prospering and causing other people to prosper. That sounds like a really good story. But if you look at the whole thing of his life, the whole process of his life, I mean, Joseph had a dream. But then he found himself in a pit. You know what I'm talking about. You've read the story, heard it all through your life. Then he found himself in the slave trade. Then he found himself being lied about and being wrongfully put in prison. Then he found himself being forgotten about. I mean, come on, this guy has had the struggle. But all of that, those steps, no matter how bad they were, they led to him being promoted. That's awesome. And promotion, we read in the Word, comes from Him. So many twists and, and turns on, on Joseph's staircase. But, but if you read through Joseph's life, a couple things stand out. One is, at every turn, there's this promise in Genesis that says, the Lord was with Joseph. You look back at your life right now, real quick, look back at some twists and turns, and you can see God was with me there. God was with me there. God was with me here. And the second thing that stands out is at the end of his story, this is what Joseph was able to say, God meant it all for good. Joe, how can you say that? Because I never strayed from the pathway that God had. I never, I never wavered from the dream that He gave me. I always knew that if He put it in my spirit, it would one day be a reality. Praise the Lord. And God continued to shine His light. Even on the darkest step, I knew I could trust Him. So I did. In prison, I trusted Him. In Potiphar's house, I trusted Him. So then in prosperity, it makes sense. I trust Him. You stay in God's order, you're going to be blessed by God, and you'll be a blessing to others. Praise the Lord. How about David? You look at David's life. David was anointed to be king. Then what? He was sent back to the pasture. We don't like that. I mean, I remember, I remember, I'll be honest with you, I remember when I was called to preach, I, I thought because I was called to preach as a young man, people would be lining up to call me to revival. Woo! I was the next Billy Graham. That was not the case. David was anointed to be king, but then he was sent back to the sheep. He was then brought into the battleground and slayed a giant, slew a giant. He was celebrated, lifted up. David has slain his 10,000s. I mean, David is awesome. Woo, David! He became the king's son-in-law. I mean, things are looking good for David. He's on the climb to the throne. Then Saul tries to kill him. 
David's running for years. David loses his family in Ziklag. David has to act like a wild animal. You, you remember those stories? I mean, David, David all, at one point, David was way up here, Stephen. Then now all of a sudden, David's down here. His, his followers speak of stoning him. Is this God's order? Is this God's plan? But finally, one day, the throne belonged to David. Hallelujah. People called him king. He rose, he ascended to the throne. Not only that, but the Messiah came out of his lineage. Woo, that's a good promise, isn't it? That's prosperity. What happened? He stayed after God's heart and followed God's order. I want us to stand tonight. Sister Gabby, Sister Deja, we come back and sing that song, This Is My Desire. Here's the plan. After you preach, you always got to give people a plan to pray about. So here's the plan. If you want God's order for your life, you have to submit to God's order for your life. If, you're, if you know that right now you are following God's plan, stay the course. If you're growing weary, remember, we shall reap if we faint not. Let me just kind of speak a truth. Maybe some, somebody older in the congregation tonight, you need to hear that. You know, I, I, I was listening to somebody talk a while back, an older man in his 80s, talk about the lies the enemy was telling him. At 80, 82 years old. I thought, man, if you're 82, you've already, you're pretty much in heaven. You're good to go. But he started talking about how the, the devil was trying to discourage him and get him to walk away from God. Listen, whatever season you're in, don't, don't grow weary. You're going to reap if you faint not. His, step, his steps are going to lead you all the way to glory. Hallelujah. I remember hearing Sister, Sister Jevedon Causey all the time at, at the church I grew up in. She would stand up and she would say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Praise the Lord. She would just start shouting right there in her pew. Why? Because she understood God's steps have been leading me to where I'm at. He's going to keep leading me. I'm going to trust Him. Trust that there's a great reward and victory waiting not too many steps from where you are as long as you continue to obey. Finally, this. If you've gotten out of step, I want you to know tonight God's merciful enough to let you back in. He's, got a, he's, he's still got a plan for your life. I was listening to a video this week. This guy was answering a question that a, a lady had asked him. She said, if I've messed up God's plan A, where do I start? And he, he, he was just encouraging her and said, hey, listen, the Bible's full of experiences of people messing up, but still fulfilling God's plan. Because God is merciful. God is gracious. And He'll let you come in and be used for His glory. Praise the Lord. Tonight, I want you to be encouraged to make this your prayer as the psalmist did in Psalm 119, 133. Order my steps in your word. Lord, guide my steps. Establish my goings. Show me what you want me to do. 
You know what Esther did? You know, Esther was orphaned, out of place, and honestly, she was running out of time. But Mordecai came to her and said, Hey, who knows if you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? Esther, God has ordered your steps to this moment. You need to trust Him to order your steps in the next moment. So you know what she did? You remember, she said yes. And followed God's plan. And God gave great victory through her life. For such a time as this. Listen, I, I, know, I know there are times that we want the mountains to move. That we want everything to be made perfect. But the Holy Ghost spoke to us this morning that there are seasons when God tries us and tests us to see how faithful we'll be to Him. Trust His process. He's going to order your steps. From the youngest to the oldest, He's ordering your steps. So I want us to all come. Find you a place to pray tonight. Take this as a not just a challenge, but an encouragement. God is going to make sure that I know the next step, the first step. And I'm going to trust Him in each step subsequent. I'm going to trust Him in every step thereafter. I'm going to lean on His heart, not on my own understanding. Some of you are at a strange season in your life. Some of you parents, you're, you don't know what to do. The kids are growing up and, and you're, kind of, you're not sure what God's step is for you next. Well, trust Him. Some of you young people, you're getting ready to face extreme challenges and decisions. You need to submit to God's plan, God's call right now. The Lord's speaking to your heart. Trust Him. Trust His process. Step by step, He's going to order it. He's going to lead you. He's got a plan for your life. Thank you, Jesus.